0: Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists.
1: Welcome to the retirement clinic. Jeff Kowal is on WISN Milwaukee, WIBA in Madison. Jeff of course president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. And good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Paul. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready to go. Me too. Fired up.
2: Yeah, should um, be. I've got some great stuff. It's gonna be awesome show you
1: know i i just want to mention this uh we want to thank paul schaefer i was telling you this last week he did the show last week right um he's from your office and then carol was here from uh social security administration we took a lot of calls but we can do that any anyway, week because social security does tie into your retirement plan
2: absolutely it's a critical part for a lot of people and for most people because you worked your your lifetime um and you, you want to finally get the benefits. Some people still wonder whether it's going to be around. Yes, it will be around. Uh, they, they'll they make changes to it. They may uh, increase the retirement age. They may reduce the benefits, but there, it will be around.
1: In, and it, In my lifetime, I'm
2: 52. Oh, it'd still be around. Okay. But people <laughs> cringe because they say, wait, that's not an entitlement because I paid into it. So they, they're... they're there's some truth
1: to that. Well, what's going back to the history of the Social Security Administration? Why was it set up, Jeff?
2: Well, it was supposed to be uh, designed as a basic, I believe it was around 1935, started as a basic. Um, you know, the average life expectancy at that time was 65. Yeah. So they would start the benefits at 65. Yeah. Uh, but now they have early retirement at 62. People are living longer now, full retirement. Uh, it may be at age 70 or 67 for some people. So, uh, and then you take a reduced benefit under age 67. But since my first job, I've been paying into social You've been security. Paying we all have been. Yes. So that's why it's not, some people cringe when it's considered, when they refer to it as an entitlement, because I paid into that. I'm not, so I- you know it's not like a, a, a welfare or anything else or food stamps or something like that you don't pay into that now
1: that being said jeff if you're planning on social security getting you through your entire retirement you're probably misleading yourself
2: absolutely it's it, again it, even from the very beginning it was considered just a basic income it's not considered um uh, something to sustain you forever and they're talking about this basic income for life and things like that for, you know where you start from the very beginning where even if you don't want to work you'll get a basic income that's not this that's another welfare program they're talking about some some cities are doing a trial basis where you know they pay $1000 a month is that but you know that would be great if it were in lieu of any other welfare benefits but mm. they're saying on top of everything else we'll give you $1000 a month um, and that's not what Social Security ever was intended to be. It was intended Correct. to be a basic program for you. It was intended that you supplement with it. And pensions were big back uh, uh, well into the 50s and 60s, started to turn around in the 70s, where 401ks got to be uh, more popular. And the responsibility for retirement planning went on to uh, individuals rather than the companies to provide a pension. But it was supposed to be pensions, 401ks. Uh, social security; those are all the things. Plus, your current, your investments; uh, those are types of things that are supposed to sustain you sustain you in retirement. Not just social security.
1: Mention a key word: responsibility. It is a responsibility, Jeff, if it's a 401k plan for me to start that on my own and start my retirement plan. And we could get into the whole politics of it all, but this country is kind of headed into, if we go down this path of Bernie Sanders and Cortez and socialism, um, that's Ocasio scary stuff.
2: cortez not Cortez, Ocasio-Cortez. Th- thank you for correcting me. <laughs> that is some scary stuff that's being talked oh, yes. about. Who's going to pay for all and that stuff? How can they not be watching Venezuela and what's going on there? Proof is in the pudding. But that's a different issue, Paul.
1: I know. <laughs> I, I, you kind of, you got me all perked up. In, in that's right. right. Okay. Let's get back on track. So what we're going to do today, Jeff, is take phone calls. You're you're out live uh, for a reason, and that is to answer any questions. So Social Security is one aspect of retirement. 401k plans, estate planning, uh, Roths. We talk about the conversions to Roth. In fact, there is a Roth 401k plan right now. Indeed, there is. Uh, insurance questions. We get uh, any kind of questions, rollovers. You've got multiple 401k plans from previous jobs. How do you put that all together and come up with a plan? Well, that's what they do at the Kowal Investment Group. Now there are, we are up to five offices. Jeff, your newest being in Racine.
2: Pretty exciting. We're talking about world domination, starting with our Waukesha headquarters. <laughs> and we have a Racine office. We have Middleton. Uh, Phoenix and Port Washington, so great locations, convenient for anybody, anywhere, uh, especially in southeastern Wisconsin and and Madison, Middleton, uh, Lake Country, Brookfield, Elm Grove, Mequon, Thienesville, Racine, Kenosha, all those uh, areas. And just
1: uh, before we get started with any questions, Jeff's background as an accredited estate planner, chartered life underwriter, investment advisory rep, all of these things, they have all these letters as designations. They all mean things. Chartered financial consultant. Your firm, Jeff, speaks highly. You do the market updates on both stations listening here. In Madison. Monday through Friday, yep. And, of course, on WISN during the Mark Belling Show um, at 3 and 5 p.m. during News Blocks. You are part of the Barron's Top Financial Advisor list now the last five years in a row.
2: Six years now. We just announced. Sixth year.
1: As uh, part of... 20,
2: Barron's th- 2019 list. Six, six well. years in a row. Yeah, we actually moved up on that list, too. That's pretty neat.
1: Milwaukee BizTimes, <laughs> Future 50, Financial t- Times, Top 400 Advisors. Um, your son, Aaron, part of the Forbes list. Of top 500 next generation wealth advisors. Clearly, Jeff, as I mentioned this stuff, you guys know what you're doing and your niche is retirement.
2: That's right. If you're close to already in retirement with $750,000 or more of retirement assets, uh, it, it is our, our specialty. It's a sweet spot for what we do. And a lot of people feel uh, a lot of comfort knowing that when they come to us regarding their retirement, that they go to a, a group of people whose sole focus is that. Uh, all aspects of it, the investment planning, we manage a close to a billion dollars of assets for our clients, uh, social security, long-term care, estate planning, wealth transfer, all the things, wealth management, all the things involved with retirement planning.
1: So coming up on the show, the Boss Minute will be in the next segment for business owners, the sexy segment every week we do this segment for wealth management and preservation and of course your phone calls um, are welcome throughout the program on the acunet mortgage talk and text line 414-799-1130 you can give us a call in fact let's take our first caller of the day also jeff has lots of topics that he's got that uh we will throw in the show absolutely as we uh continue this program but first up is dennis he's calling from waukesha good morning sir hi Dennis.
3: good morning gentlemen um, I was wondering, uh, with Social Security, now, do you get a yearly raise on it per month, or how does that work with your Social Security?
2: Well, it depends on whether you're working or not. If you're working you're still contributing to it, it goes up at a faster rate. If you are retired, uh, it's linked to, to cost of living adjustments. You get an increase based on the cost of living, they declare that typically towards the end of the year around October for the upcoming year. how? What is the
3: average like per month and like uh, I mean what's the percentage per year on an average
2: it varies as to what your income is throughout the year uh, and a good thing to do is to go on to SocialSecurity.gov okay. uh, and I think it's SSA.gov or SocialSecurity.gov as
1: Carol said last week make sure it's dot gov
2: gov yes uh, because uh, otherwise you'll be solicited for stuff that you don't want uh, and it may not be accurate but if you don't go on gov and it, it, you know, Paul mentioned Carol Richard was she was on the show last week. She's wonderful. And she was bugging me for years to go online and set up something with Social Security. I rejected it. It took five minutes. It's very easy to set up. <laughs> I did, too. But the, yeah. It's so simple. And then you'll be able to see. And a key thing in there is that you have, it'll, it'll list your uh, income for the last 15 years, 20 years. Okay. And you want to make sure that, and maybe even longer than that, you want to make sure that all those years are, are correct and that they include it. There, there's, there are times when the, you'll have a blanket here. So wait a second. I worked that year. That has to be included because they'll take the top thirty-five highest years into calculations. So they'll, so your benefit is going to be based on your top thirty-five years of earnings.
3: And uh, basically, you do get a yearly raise, but it's it, uh, they calculate start calculating in, in uh, October. Then you said
2: the uh, the next year's increase, cost of living yeah. increase. Okay. Uh, Will be uh, generally at this last, last quarter of the year they they determine that and announce it. So Dennis, what mom, what's the web's? Always, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dennis.
3: No, okay. Yeah, my mom always got a raise every year, and we were always wondering how that you know how they figured into that and everything like that because she wasn't working. Obviously, she was retired and everything. So
2: yeah, it's like the consumer price index, the CPI, and the, the, uh, basically the uh, uh, cost of living adjustment.
3: Okay, real good. Well, Jeff, I enjoy your show. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks
2: for the call. Hey, hey Dennis, you there yet?
3: Yes.
1: Yep. This is a quiz. What's the website again?
3: Uh,
2: I didn't write it down. Before. SocialSecurity.gov, I mean, SSA.gov, gov.
1: Yeah. And I'm giving that up for a reason so everybody else has the right one, too. Socialsecurity.gov. It's very easy to go through, and it's very helpful. I did it myself. Thanks, Dennis.
3: I appreciate it, Paul. Thank
0: you. Thanks yeah, you
1: bet. Thank you. Yeah, you're driving around. You don't remember it. Socialsecurity.gov. Let's see. 1017 it is on the clock. I think we have time to sneak in one quick call here. Or, Jeff, do you want to give us your first topic and start with that?
2: Uh, uh, let's start with the topic. It's going to take a little bit of while uh, to develop this. I'm going to set it up and then we can go to break, sure. but it's the uh, retirement savings milestones the century of planning. Uh, this is Ed slots, IRA advisor, the most recent article. It's interesting and important, uh, every once in a while to, um, Uh, Review what the important milestones are in life, especially when it comes to retirement planning. The road to retirement and beyond is long. Important milestones will be reached along the journey. The rules on when people can participate in specific retirement events are hard and fast. Age 50, catch up contributions. Age 70 and a half, Required minimum distributions, and the list goes on. If a milestone was missed, you may be penalized, or maybe even worse, you lose lose out on an opportunity. So I want to go to some of the um, uh, milestones uh, as uh, right after the break, Paul. Yeah, quick break. Or right. after the after Aaron's um, boss minute coming uh, up. Boss yeah. Minute. yeah, you got to do that. that was- so
1: that is for business owners. We do this after the first break every week. We've got a lot of callers to get to. Jeff's got a lot of stuff on uh, his agenda for today, including the sexy segment. It's all coming up as we continue on WIS in Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison. This is the Retirement Clinic, hosted by Jeff Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. And I'm Paul Kronforst. We'll be right back.
4: Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute. Business owners' savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. The vast majority of family business owners want to pass their business to second generation, but most do not eventually pass it down. Studies have shown that 80% of business owners want to pass on their business, but actually only a third of those actually do pass it on. In fact, by the third generation, only 12% of family businesses are family-controlled. It's a tricky thing, selling a family business. One can't ignore the family dynamics and personalities of the individual family members. The focus can't just be on maximizing the value of the sale of the business. There needs to be additional focus on maintaining family harmony. This can't be emphasized enough. Sometimes the business is the glue holding a family together. Are there other family members that want to get involved after or during the sale? Timing of the sale is also an issue. Where are we in the business cycle? Is the value at an all-time high? How will the value look if there's a downturn in the economy? There are so many things to address, and fortunately, there are many ways to deal with the issues that face the sale of a family business. I can't stress enough how important it is to have a team of advisors to help evaluate all aspects of the sale. The team should consist at least of a CPA, estate planning attorney, qualified appraiser, and a wealth manager that specializes in working with family businesses and retirement planning it's crucial to go through the financial planning process to make sure you're addressing all areas of your financial life. Today's Boss Minute with Aaron Kowal of the Kowal Investment Group.
1: Uh, Welcome back, by the way. This is WISN and WIBA with Jeff Kowal. And Jeff, you had a great topic started right before that break that we're going to get back to. But we also mentioned we're here for callers, so we're going to get back to the phones and take your calls as well. And we welcome any question on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line that number is seven nine nine eleven thirty. Chuck is calling from West Dallas, and we've Good got an, another Social Security question. Yeah,
2: hi Chuck, how you doing?
3: Good, great, great. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, what's up? I'm uh, sixty seven, going on sixty eight, and I received a call from work. I do spe- very specialized work to come back to work. Um, I, I called Social Security. They said you don't even have to call me. Call Social Security. Because of after sixty six it it doesn't matter. And and I heard something that you could by working, I could build social security credits.
2: Yeah. Well and, as I understand it, and Carol is the authority on this, so I could defer to her and you could give my office call and I could get to her information. But as I understand it, if, if you're gonna be working, continue to work and then knocks out one of your other thirty five less profitable years, uh, years, by working, you can increase your Social Security, not just by the cost of living, but also by uh, the basic amount. So that if by working, uh, again, they take your top 35 years, you knock out a one of your lower years, that can increase your uh, uh, income. That's as I understand, but again, you can give my office a call. We can hook you up with Carol Richardson and get the uh, uh, authoritative opinion on it.
1: And the longer you work, Jeff. In other words, instead of retiring at sixty-two, if you wait to sixty-five to retire, you will be getting higher monthly Social Security sure, higher
2: plans. amount, yes. But it doesn't go any higher beyond eight seventy, so it doesn't make any sense to delay it beyond eight seventy uh, when you start taking it out. Who
1: wants to work that long
2: anyway? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> if you if you like working, Chuck, and you can knock out one of your young uh, lower years, I don't think it makes sense. Uh, 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 just, I just got text from Carol and she says I'm correct. <laughs> so that means everything to me. Ah, she's listening. Yeah.
3: You know, it, it's not for uh, the money part of it. It's just to help them out. Yeah. Uh, and let someone else retire.
2: Yeah. And they're
3: they're going to be shipping this work to India in 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 the long term. And it's probably just for a short amount of time that I'll be working.
2: Well, again, you're, you're in, your Social Security will not go down. It could go up if it knocks out one of your uh, top 35 other top thirty-five years and your benefit will go up a little bit. It cost. A, living.
3: Uh, a win-win.
2: I think so. Win okay. for them a win for you? Yeah. Oh, win for your thank company. You. Thank
1: you so much. All right. Thanks for the call, Chuck. Yeah, I'm glad that was a good question, Chuck. And, again, whether or not he wants to go back to work, that's his call. But, you know, if he does, then it's a win-win.
3: That's
2: right. And the mixed income can increase the Social Security uh, and help the company out as well. Can we sneak
1: in one more quick question? Susan is calling from Cedarburg. Next up on WISN and WIBA, welcome to the Retirement Clinic.
0: Thank you. Good morning. Hi, Susan. My question is, our son is 18 and he's heading off to college next year. And we've worked really hard to save some money for him for college. We're also saving money for retirement. We've worked really hard to keep all of our debts to almost nothing. And looking at his options for college, he's wanting to go higher than what we've saved. When we talk to different people, it kind of comes down to if you're going to sign loans, then you have to sign it because he can't sign it on his own. So we're a little concerned about trying to not get into more debt with his choices in life.
2: That's a loaded question, Susan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, was that a
1: question
2: or a statement? I'm you... not sure. I think you've thought this through. Yes, you have. Susan. A, you know, you want to help, and I, we've been through that. You want to help your kids as much as you can, you'd like them to make choices. Um, that um, fit the financial parameters that you've set. You've, you've saved you know, a long time for, for him to go to school, and maybe you've saved for us. You know That's kind of the approach we took with our kids, that we would be able to provide 100% of a state school, or they would come up with a difference for themselves for a private college or something else. turns out that the value of our um, savings accounts for the college turned out to be good that we could fund it completely, and that's kind of what you're trying to do. Having said that, I don't think it's I I would rather see you take out a loan for the kids college than to um, uh, sabotage your retirement planning. Um, I wouldn't take any money out of retirement accounts for that. You can finance college education. You cannot finance your retirement. Right. So I think that's the other (laughs) I think that's the other decision you have to make if if. uh, if you think he's good for it and he'll eventually be able to pay back the loans, I would say go ahead and do it. If not, then that's a discussion you have to have with your kid, and I would certainly okay. support you in that.
0: <laughs> okay, well, thank you. All and right, I'm sorry I can't help you. a complicated question.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's it really is. Um, you know, it's not it's not bad that you want to do that. And your question really is is about the loans, and do you want that loan to be on your balance sheet rather than on his balance? That's sheet. a
1: legitimate concern, and I
2: that's think that. And if it affects your retirement planning, I guess I would have a heart to heart and perhaps not do that. Um, okay.
1: We did a mix and match yeah. with our daughters, and that was there were some loans involved, but we also assisted them and paid for some of their tuition. Yeah. um but yeah. I, I I was totally against paying a hundred percent of their college just because I thought they should know what it's like to have some debt but, and to realize not everything is, is a handout.
0: And we definitely want him to have some skin in the game, and he has been working, but at at seven fifty an hour you don't get very far. Um mm. and there's another daughter um who's eight years younger where obviously we're trying to do the same thing for her. Just so, tell him, him it gets better.
1: That eventually he won't be making seven fifty an hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it's true it does get
1: better. Yeah, you
2: hope so, yeah.
1: Every college kid should be broke. That's just the way it is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and you can always transfer those loans to him later on too. So okay. if if that's what it takes. Yeah, that's you know, but, a good point. But, uh, yeah, you, you got to be careful so that it doesn't affect uh, your ability to save for retirement and uh, the values that you're trying to set for your daughter as well. Right. Okay. All right, Boys. thanks a lot. That
1: was good stuff. I, I can relate to that just with our own daughters, Jeff, and of course your sons, same thing. Yeah, Both went through college, and you hear these six-figure student loan debts. It's just a shame that kids are coming out with.
2: Or half a million dollars to come up with uh, to get into the school in the first place. Oh, wait, that's a bribery scandal. Oh, that's right. That was was a tuition. That was a bribery scandal. uh,
1: Lori Laughlin, all those Hollywood stars. Man, oh, man, what a story. Margaret's next from Tosa. And then we've got to continue your story in a little bit here, Jeff. Hi, Margaret.
3: Hi. Of course, and that might sound kind of naive, but I'm 57 and maxing out, making the max contribution to my 401 k plus the catch up amount. Great because uh, uh, I want to reduce as much taxable income as possible. But does that affect my income for Social Security as
2: well? Like, is it going uh, to... Well, is it going to reduce yeah. your, your uh, Social Security? That's a good question. I uh, I wouldn't think so. I, w- I would think that your Social Security would be, be based on your gross amount, my, not including your uh, um, uh, 401K contributions. But what I also might want to suggest is that you take a look at... Um, Putting some of it towards a Roth IRA. Um, you know, I know, uh, especially now, and what's your reason for trying? I should ask a question. What's your tra- reason to try to reduce your taxable income as much as possible now?
3: Because um, my husband is self employed and we pay way too much tax.
2: Okay. Uh, well, you always will. But the thought is now is that uh, 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 income tax rates are a little bit lower now and they will be until 2025. So if you take a portion of your 401k and put it into a Roth, um, yes, you'll pay uh, taxes on it now, maybe at a higher tax rate, uh, 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 higher than you'd like, but it still may be less than what's going to happen in 2025 when tax rates are likely to go back up. When the uh, Trump tax plan expires. Correct. Okay.
3: And is that something I can do on my own if it's not uh, employer-sponsored?
2: so where are your contributions going? Your four hundred one k contributions? To an employer
3: sponsored four hundred one k. Yeah, so
2: they would they would have they should have the the Roth four hundred one k as one of the options. I would just ask them okay. about that. And you don't have to okay. put the full amount in. If the full amount that you can put in with with. Uh, um, uh, catch-up contributions is twenty five thousand, so it's nineteen thousand dollar contribution to the four hundred one k, plus a six thousand catch-up contribution. Maybe put the six thousand catch-up contribution into the Roth, and take the nineteen thousand as traditional to reduce your taxable income.
4: Okay. So
2: I'm not That's suggesting good. that you that you necessarily do it all uh, into the Roth, but take a piece of it as long as tax rates are a little bit lower now for the next several years. Okay. I think you'd be happy That's with that.
1: Idea. Yeah. Good okay. stuff, Margaret. Thank right. you. Right. Thank you for the call. A lot of good questions so far on the show today, oh, Jeff. Busy on the phones and we'll keep those lines open for any of your calls on the Retirement Clinic. Use the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at seven nine nine eleven thirty. That's 414
2: But it's interesting that from top to bottom in our organization, we all are able to answer these questions. You know, we don't have to call in the retirement guy to come in and, and maybe answer your question about it. It's what we do from top to bottom all the time in our organization. We all uh, are... are our team uh, all the members on our team are pretty fluent in retirement planning so Um, Again, we're back to the Ed Slot article regarding retirement milestones. Starting to save, obviously, I think, the earlier the better. That's the best way to look at it. As soon as you can start saving into retirement plans, you should do it. Um, Before age 59 and a half, there are early distribution uh, penalties. Uh, Retirement accounts are supposed to be saving for retirement, but in the real world, things don't always go as planned. What if you need to take money out? Well, if you have to take money out before you reach 59 and a half, uh, you have to pay a 10% federal penalty and a 3.33% state of Wisconsin penalty.
1: You can take a loan from your own 401k plan. You may
2: be able to take a loan from your 401k. You may be able to take um, uh, hardship withdrawals from your 401ks. Uh, But IRAs are a little bit different. You have a little bit more flexibility in in some cases with your IRAs. They're always accessible. Yes, you have to pay the penalties, but that's accessible. accessible. And you can always uh, apply for exceptions to that. The one that's very popular is 72T. It's an internal revenue code that allows you to take a certain amount of money out out each year without penalty.
1: Would you say taking out of your 401K is a worst-case scenario only?
2: It depends what the situation is. That's a good question, Paul.
1: Because there's other ways to borrow money, different ways to take loans,
2: right? But in some cases, as an example, we uh, if there there was downsizing in the past. Where you know people in their fifties were getting let go at the peak of their career, so they were maybe making a hundred thousand dollars a year, but had a lot of money set up and they were saved in their retirement plans. So if if you could exercise, so a lot of times we used it as an example this way: if you get a job for eighty thousand dollars a year, maybe pull out twenty thousand dollars a year from retirement plan to supplement that, while you still needed the income. You have to again, you have their restrictions. You have to do it for five years or to age 59 and a half whichever later so there are restrictions on
1: and there's maximum amounts that i can donate each year too
2: but i uh, your to answer your question paul yeah i think that you should look at other options before you dig into your 401k plan and raid that uh that's a better way to go uh the biggest reason is that you don't know how long you're going to live if you I joke, if you screw up and live a long time, you know, you're know you going to want to make sure that you have as much money available as possible. And once you retire, you can't go back. For, for most people, you're not going to go back at 75 to work.
1: <laughs> Except our earlier caller that said he was being asked to go back to well, work. Well,
2: I'm saying that if you if you've made a mistake and now you don't have enough money, it's hard to go back at 75 and, and start building for your retirement again. Right. Not impossible, but it's a little more difficult. So let's look at some of these... Um, um, Milestones under age 50 IRA contributions are limited uh, to lesser than $6,000 of taxable compensation at age 50. You can add the catch up provision. That's uh, an extra thousand dollars a year that you can add once you're age 50 uh, to your IRAs Uh, age uh, under age 50. You have nineteen thousand dollars a year that you can put into your 401 k. Now with the new rules, after age fifty, you can put six thousand dollar catch up uh, once you hit age fifty. So at fifty is a pretty important uh, date. That's a big one. It's from nineteen to what twenty twenty five thousand twenty five thousand. So you can put an additional six thousand dollars in. That's so a total of twenty five thousand there plus six thousand dollars into your IRA if you're. Age 50 or better, you can add an additional $1,000, so that's $7,000. So you can put a total of $32,000 times two, husband and wife, if you have the money, 64000 64, a year. You say, that's crazy. Who can put that kind of money? If you weren't saving that kind of money all the while, how can you save that kind of money now? Like our earlier caller. They're putting money into college education things like that and saving money for college. It's amazing how it happens. Once the kids are, uh, are out on their own, uh, you may have that kind of money. I can tell you this: in.
1: your kid, your both of your kids have obviously moved out, right? Um, one of mine is out and on her own and paying for everything. On her, what a difference it that makes! A big difference. Oh my gosh, our kids expensive, yeah. and you don't realize it because you're so busy raising them. And still, Sydney's still in
2: college. Jeff yeah, and doing a responsible water. thing, putting money away for them, yep, and all that. Yep. yep.
1: Buying their clothes, buying their food, their cell phones in high That's school. Right. It's
2: not just cars, the tuition, insurance,
1: yep. all of that. All of a sudden, one's gone. Well, we got a lot of money. It extra money. <laughs> yeah. this, now we can invest that money.
2: Let's take a look at a couple more milestones, Paul. Uh, age fifty-five, qualified plan withdrawal exception becomes available. Okay, this is a key one because once you hit hit age fifty-five, the qualified ex- and it's age fifty for public safety employees, but for most people, it's age fifty-five. So under the tax code, if you're it, it, you participate in a qualified plan, four hundred one k, four hundred three b. Uh, You can take money out of your retirement plan, out of your 401k or 403b, and not pay the penalties. You still have to pay the the income tax on it. But if you separate from service, the key is that the separation of service must occur in the year in which the individual turns 55. So if you think, okay, I'm going to separate from service at 53, I'll wait till 55 and then use that. Exception uh, to the rule to be able to pull money out of retirement plan without penalty. No, no, no. It has to be in the year in which you turn 55 that you separate from service or later, 55 to 59 and a half. And the key with that is that now you can take money out of your 401k without penalty. A lot of advisors don't know that. Again, that uh, as retirement specialists, this we work with every day. So a lot of times they'll say, well, let's take all that money out of your 401k plan and roll into an IRA with me. Well, wait a second you have a benefit in that 401k plan that you could pull money out of there without penalties. Maybe instead of rolling over the entire million, we leave 250,000 in that 401k plan. So you can pull money out without penalty from there. If you need it between now and the time you hit 59 and are planning things with that, that are, that are very important. I know it's a little bit complicated, but this
1: is why we have this show. That's right.
2: No, it is. To, to an average
1: listener just tuning in, this does sound complicated, Jeff, which is why some people need some help with their retirement. It's not as easy as just enrolling in a 401k and saying, we're done with it. We yeah, don't have to do anything.
2: And that's why these key dates are important. Uh, we were talking with a client earlier today about their plans of trying to get, retire at age 55 and maybe do a different thing in life, not just not doing what they're doing right now. Change your lifestyle. Can you do it? Well, there are some exceptions to age 55 that makes it important that they can pull some money out of their 401ks and not pay penalties on it. Um, do, do you want to go? Let me just take, finish a your milestones yeah. and then we got yeah. calls 59 <laughs> of seven, 59 and a half to 70 and a half. This is kind of the sweet spot. This you have, you pull out as much as you want whenever you want without any penalties. 59 and a half to 70 and a half, right? There's no more penalties at age 59 and a half, 70 and a half. It's just a, it's a free period. 62 is when you can start taking out Social Security early.
1: That's a big one.
2: Yep. 65 you're Medicare eligible that's another big one yep so a lot of times if you're doing planning and want to make sure that you have some health insurance
1: otherwise health insurance is pretty expensive
2: yes and you can if you can limp along to age 65 you're Medicare eligible and that helps a lot of people a lot limp along. <laughs> age seven and a half you have to start taking money out of required uh, out of uh, uh, requirement of distributions out of retirement plans Those are the RMDs we always hear about yep uh, Let's see. This is an interesting one. Age 85. You thought that, okay, 70 and a half is the last one. No, no, no. Age 85. Because there's what's called qualifying longevity annuity contract distributions must begin. There's a way that you could put money into an annuity, defer the income until age 85, and from 70 and a half to 85, that does not count towards required minimum distribution. By mm-hmm. 85, you have to start taking that annuity income. So these are all the highlights these are all the milestones these are all the And it the key ends dates. at
1: age 85. That's the last one you think. <laughs> the last think, milestone. But there
2: aren't because the tables go to age 120 so I mean, they're well, actually
1: <laughs> And you can joke about, you know, screwing up and living a long time, Jeff, and all reality Americans that are born today, a baby born right now could live well into their 90s. That's right. That's what doctors are now saying. So you've got to plan appropriately or work longer. One of the two. Um, Ryan is calling from Sussex. We're going to squeeze in a quick caller before the next break. We've got our sexy segment coming up as well. This is the Retirement Clinic. Good morning, Ryan. Hi, Ryan.
0: Good morning. My question is, you've been dancing around all the... We're 57 years old, my wife and I. We have no debt in our house whatsoever. Everything is paid off. We have probably half a million, $600,000 spread out in CDs and whatnot. And we also have 401ks, both from our companies. We are actually, I deduct 30% and so does my wife. We're putting as much as we can in there. What, What we're wondering is, in, and we're trying to do the catch-up money too. Can we? Is it better to do it the way you just said to another uh, caller? You know, go up to the nineteen thousand or whatever it was, and then start the six thousand Roth, and or can we get it all into our company-based four hundred one k and be not taxed on it?
2: Uh, I don't. I don't think that that's a bad idea. Okay. Yeah. You you asked a couple of questions there. Clarify with the last statement that you said. Put it into put it into the company one and not be taxed on. Uh, I'm not sure what you meant by that. Do so, we
0: do we get at the end of this adventure of life? Do I get taxed on the 401k when I start drawing off of it?
2: Yes, yeah, so and they're going to be required. Yeah, and there are going to be required minimum distributions from that as well.
1: And you are taxed when you take the money out.
2: Yes, yeah. and and what threw me a, a, for a loop there is that if you put the money into a Roth I, Roth 401k at work, which I think right. is a great exam, a, a great uh, idea for most people. You have to take a look at it, but I think it, it works. It's tax-free growth forever. I think that that's a fantastic way to go. But uh, again, the rules are kind of complicated. If you leave the money into the 401k, then it, you're, you would have to take required minimum distributions from the roth 401k but if you roll that over into a roth ira then you don't have to take required minimum distributions on that so is okay. it better to put out yeah i would as much as you can uh, take advantage of the company's co- uh, contribution uh, the the uh, the company's portion of that. Uh, if you have an opportunity to put twenty five thousand dollars a year away with ketchup provisions, I would definitely do it. But I would take a look at doing a portion of it, maybe six thousand, maybe fifteen thousand of it, uh, into a Roth IRA. I think you'd be uh, happy with that because it grows tax free forever. And especially if you've done a lot of other things right, if you've paid off your debt, if you've, uh, you, know, you obviously contributed to Social Security, contribute to your four hundred one k plan, saved pretty good so far,
1: right? Yeah. You said you had about six hundred, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, that's in CDs and other things. But um, the, 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 those, the Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks will be the last assets that you use, and those can grow tax free forever. Can I ask your age, Ryan, if you don't mind? 57, yeah. I think. Oh, you said- I will
0: actually be 57 in April. So you got
2: some time yet. Yeah. So if you're going to continue to work, I would definitely look at. And again, for the next few years between now and 2025, the tax rates are going to be presumably lower than they will be after 2025. We know what they are now. We don't know what they're going to be after That's that. That's right. We don't. Yeah, I would take a look at putting a portion of the money into the Roth. And I think you'd be happy with that. In addition to the all the other good things that you're doing.
0: Now, just this will be a quickie thing. So yeah, we got to take a break, I, Go,
2: real quick, Ryan.
0: I have a, a railroad retirement also. A good pension. for
1: you. a pension
2: yeah
0: so th- th- that's gonna or uh, that adds into everything all right you know what I've, but that's I good I
2: are you entitled to Social Security it. then or is that in lieu of Social Security
0: uh, in that's the other question I think it's in lieu I think of, it is
2: too yeah
0: so All right.
2: Yeah, I think you're in pretty good shape. And then if you want to come in and take a look at it with us, we'd be happy to take a look at it with you. In
1: fact, Ryan, um, as we take a break, I'm going to give out Jeff's phone number at the Cowell Investment Group. If off air you want to chat with somebody about all these numbers and what's the best way, you mentioned that pension thing at the end. That will factor in, of course. Yep. 262-522-4040. The number is 262-522-4040. Or the international toll-free number that even works in Illinois. That's right. That number is 877 560 4040. In addition, go to thekowalway.com. Just website, thekowalway.com.
2: K-O-W-A-L. You can request an appointment there. Also go to Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Make sure you uh, follow us on those. And
1: uh, we're going to do the sexy segment, a short, quicker version, but we do have time for that. It's, of course, coming up next as we continue. WIS in Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. This is the Retirement Clinic. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Sexy sexy segment time, Jeff. We are back on the Retirement Clinic. Thanks for tuning in. In Madison as well, WIBA. We appreciate you listening every week in WISN in Milwaukee. This is for wealth management and preservation.
2: Right. This shows for everybody, this particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. And we play that, that theme music because once you've accumulated some wealth, you have to pay close attention to it as to how you can preserve it, grow it, Take income from it and then pass it on to your heirs. So, what are the best ways to do that? And that's what this segment is dedicated to. Uh, and this is a CNBC um, uh, uh, online. Uh, it says, "Here's how to avoid disinheriting your kids after a remarriage." So, uh, I thought that this was pretty interesting. Once you've accumulated some wealth, and then if you if you remarry and have kids from a prior marriage, how do you avoid? screwing them <laughs> you know you don't want to make su- you want to make sure that they don't that they are included in your beneficiaries so if you've tried to, if you tied the knot and hope to pass on assets to your kids from a previous marriage don't overlook the importance of planning for when you pass away Many people lack a basic will, and and the stakes can be higher if you do no estate planning when you remarry. As a result, your children could be unintentionally disinherited. It's emotional. It's hard to talk about. But the last thing you want to do is leave adult kids with a disaster. Uh, a conversation about estate planning is absolutely crucial In remarriages, Uh, a lot of times there'll be a prenuptial agreement or or perhaps not, Uh, because again, a lot of times people get into it uh, thinking that they're going into it because they love each other and they don't...
1: (laughs) Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm laughing because that is why you get married. You're in love. You would think and so. And the, the awkward conversation of, but I want to talk about a prenup.
2: Yeah, and I saw There's it, a right?
1: Seinfeld episode with George and Susan. Yeah. It. She goes, you yeah. Want to that? Of course, I'll sign it. You have no you money. Seinfeld. You idiot. Everything
2: <laughs> relates back to Seinfeld, right? There is an episode about that. But roughly 17% of people remarry uh, after the first one ends from divorce or death of a spouse, according to the latest days from the Census Bureau. The older you are when you remarry, the more likely it is that you're bringing assets into the marriage: retirement savings, life insurance policies, brokerage accounts, real estate, and the like. Family heirlooms and other things. You want to make sure that they end up with the right people. Um, so you you, you just take, first of all account for beneficiaries. One easily overlooked item after people remarry is updating beneficiaries. On what? Well, on retirement accounts for sure on life insurance policies for sure.
1: Imagine all your life insurance going to
2: the wrong people. And that happens all the time.
1: You just forget it's an oversight yes. or by in de- by design?
2: Well, you just think... Somehow you think if you sign the forms for something, it transfers to everything, and it, does, it doesn't happen that you way. You have
1: to change the, de- have the, have to the beneficiary. Dream.
2: Yep. Wow. But no amount of a stake, This, I thought, was a great, great comment that one to pay attention to. No amount of a stake plan can fix having the wrong beneficiary listed. In other words, that takes precedent over everything else. If you've named the wrong beneficiary on your IRA, wrong beneficiary on your on IRA, your, um, Life insurance policies, but you spend ten thousand dollars on doing a great estate plan. The money never gets into your estate. It's a moot plan. That's right. Um, additionally, four hundred one k plan rules dictate that your current spouse must be the beneficiary on he, unless he or she legally agrees not to. So you have to be you have to be very careful with your beneficiaries on your four hundred one k plans. Uh, your house often remarriage involves a jointly owned home, so just depending on the situation there. You wanna make sure it's it's handled properly, it's considered in your estate, and you make sure you make provisions for that. Finally, consider a trust. If you want your kids to receive money but don't want to give a young adult or one prone to poor money management unfettered access to a sudden windfall, you can consider creating a trust to be the beneficiary of a particular asset. A trust holds assets on behalf of your beneficiary or beneficiaries as a legal entity dictated by our documents created. So just make sure you communicate this. Experts often recommend discussing your goals not only with your spouse, but with your kids as well. And just make sure you you choose someone that can handle your finances. Make sure you pay attention to that update your wills, update your trusts, and update your beneficiary designations.
1: That's such good advice, Jeff. And when we come back, we'll kind of review all of that and recap the show on WISN, Jeff's website, thekowalway.com, and The Retirement Clinic back after this. In the final minutes, actually minute of the show, Jeff, we thank all the callers today. If they want to follow up with you off the air at the Kowal Investment Group.
2: The best, easiest way to do it is really to go online, the Kowal way, the K-O-W-A-L, the com um you could request an appointment there if you have seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or more or close to already in retirement serious about your retirement planning if you're a do-it-yourself or that's just tired of getting whipsawed in the market and don't want to do it yourself anymore and there are other areas aspects of your planning not just the investments give us a call or go online or if uh, you're you're uh, in your 60s or you have to take a requirement minimum distributions at seventy and a half. and do give us a call. Let's get together help consolidate those assets. Uh, if Madison, Milwaukee, Brookfield, Mequon, Thienesville, S- uh, Random Lake, all over. NicoleWallWay.com. <laughs> uh, 262-522-4040 or 877-560-4040.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Retirement Clinic, WISM Milwaukee and WIBA Madison.